not about the ordinary. We've got enough of that. It's about the extraordinary. And we need more. Hi there, I'm Jared Penner, and welcome to the Extraordinary Leaders Podcast, where we spend time with recognised leaders and global experts exploring the art and science of remarkable leadership. For over 30 years, my job has been focused on helping leaders meet the moment. Sometimes that's involved coaching individual executives on how to navigate difficult problems, situations or people. At other times, it's required me to work with whole leadership teams who are experiencing new and novel situations such as industry disruption or increased competition and help them define and develop new mindsets, skills or behaviours that allow them to lead effectively together. And then there are the moments where I've helped hundreds of leaders at a time from within a single company learn new ways of working that have helped them transform themselves and the success of their business. Of course, I don't claim their successes as mine. It's been their effort and commitment to learning, growing and changing that made all the difference. But I know I played a part in helping. For that, I'm grateful. So if there is one thing that I can claim to being experienced at, it's helping leaders survey the moment that lies ahead of them and choosing more effective leadership actions to meet that moment. It's something I've done hundreds if not thousands of times. It's what people and companies seek me out for, and it's something that I love doing, helping people succeed with leadership. It's this capacity to discern what leadership is needed to meet the moment, and my desire to be helpful to you and others, that shaped this episode of the Extraordinary Leaders podcast. For there is no doubt in my mind that 2021 has presented a unique set of circumstances and experiences to our companies, our organisations and our communities, some of which we've discussed in previous podcast episodes, which has me wondering as we transition from one year to the next, what opportunities and challenges will my clients be facing? How can they and other leaders meet the moment? In this episode, I'd like to share some of that thinking as I peer into the crystal ball and ask, what does 2022 hold in store for leaders? And what will they need to be able to do to play their role successfully? What are the three most critical abilities leaders will need to meet the moment? I hope you enjoyed the episode. Have you noticed that there's been a growing movement in society away from complexity towards simplicity? in our lifestyles, our houses, food, all manner of things. One of my clients, a CEO of an international company, has a complex and demanding job in a complex and demanding industry. Yet in his spare time, he looks up van life on the internet and dreams of one day having a pared-back, simpler life. Simplicity. It's something that many of us yearn for. I suspect it's partly a reaction to the last two years, having been quite complex and volatile for all of us. With the last two years having seen our lives become quite disrupted, difficult and complex, we're yearning for simplicity, a return to normal. But a return to normal or simplicity doesn't seem easy or likely, especially when we make some observations about how 2021 has ended. In my conversations with leaders across a variety of sectors and industries, I'm hearing some common observations, which include 
a sense of disconnection and disengagement. After two years of remote working, lockdowns and social distancing, it feels like many people have lost contact with their companies and their colleagues. As a result, there's a general sense of concern and an unease among senior leaders that disengagement's occurred. Disengagement with the company and its work and disconnection with each other, brought on by too many hours staring into the shallow medium of a Zoom or a team session. A slow erosion of the social bonds that tie people and teams together. There's also a prevailing feeling of fatigue and depletion. People are feeling tired, fatigued, even burnt out. More than one in five Australian adults are highly stressed. They've got little left in the can and have used up all of their surge capacity meeting one crisis after another. Motivation has waned and people may have little more ambition than just to get to the end of the year and recover. There's also anxiety about continued disruption and discontinuity. Over the last two years, interruption and disequilibrium have become the new normal. Change and disruption in our businesses has been constant, and we've had to innovate our way through a bunch of major and minor changes to the ways in which we work and live. And there's nothing to suggest that we won't have to keep meeting change and disruption with transformation and innovation either. If you look back in time, you'll see that every major ruction in modern human history, such as a world war or a global flu pandemic, actually accelerated change to the status quo. And there's no reason to think this time around will be any different. There are just too many things changing in multiple domains simultaneously. Here's a few. Global warming, energy transitions, social protest movements, gender flux, economic shifts, trade barriers, geopolitical challenges, accelerating technologies. They're all converging and riffing off each other and we're having to meet the resulting changes as they emerge. So there's three big themes that reflect our current reality. Disconnection and disengagement, fatigue and energy depletion, and disruption and discontinuity. Three big themes in the current moment that our leaders must meet, which I'm confident we can if we can get past the complexity in the way in which we view leadership, if we can simplify our perspective on what leadership is, we can meet this moment. Because despite yearning for simplicity, we've been guilty of making leadership incredibly complex. So complex that it's hard for anyone to understand it, let alone do it successfully. Case in point, if I perform an internet search of the key term leadership competencies, I can easily procure some lists of what leadership apparently requires if you're to do it well. I did that this morning, and here are some top-ranked results from Google search. The first, from the Academy to Innovate HR, which is a modern digital online platform. According to them, there are 15 leadership competencies that I should know. Here they are. Social intelligence, conflict management, decision-making, sharing a compelling vision, change management, Interpersonal skills, emotional intelligence, being a good coach and being trustworthy. That's actually two. They've tried to fit it into one. Inclusiveness, people management, learning agility, industry knowledge and expertise, managing yourself, courage, organisational citizenship behaviour. Now that's a pretty big list to describe what leadership involves. Also up there in the search results was the Centre for Creative Leadership, which is a well-known leadership research institution They suggest there are 16 leadership competencies needed to succeed. 16 competencies. Let me read them to you. 
Strategic perspective, being a quick study, decisiveness, change management, leading employees, confronting problem employees, participative management, building collaborative relationships, compassion and sensitivity, putting people at ease, respect for differences, taking initiative, composure, work-life balance, self-awareness, career management. That also seems to me to be an awfully long list of what good leadership requires. And my question is, how anyone can reasonably conceptualise and operationalise such a complex list of things. In what ways do we discourage people to take up leadership if it seems so dense and unapproachable? How can they succeed in something that seems to require an almost superhuman range of abilities? If instead we can simplify the act of leadership and reduce it to its essential essence, we could achieve some incredibly beneficial outcomes. First, we reduce the cognitive complexity needed for leaders to understand what leadership actually is, rather than adding to their cognitive burden. In a world that's already placing enormous demands on their processing, we reduce it. We help them crystallise and clarify what leadership is and discard everything that it is not. By revealing what leadership really is, we can then encourage, coach and mobilise them to exercise it and to acquire, practice and master the few leadership abilities that really make all the difference. Because in my experience, in speaking with, assessing and coaching thousands of leaders, I know that leadership follows Pareto's principle, or, if you like, the 80-20 rule, in which 80% of leadership success comes from 20% of the inputs. Which in turn means that of the 15 to 16 competencies that I read out earlier, only three would be prime movers of leadership success. And if we can do this, identify those few critical abilities and simplify the practice of leadership, we can encourage leaders to be more focused and their efforts more concentrated on the right things, increasing their beneficial impact on others and results. This is something that I think we must do if we are to help leaders meet the moment, we need to meet complexity with simplicity, ambiguity with clarity, distraction with focus. Doing so also reflects something that I've learned about great leaders, which I've simplified and codified into this statement. Smart people make simple things more complex. Smart leaders, however, make the complex seem simple. So how do we do that? How could we simplify leadership? Rear Admiral Grace Murray Hopper is a bit of a legend in my mind. Not only was she the first female officer in the US Navy to achieve flag status, she also created COBOL, the first universally used computer programming language. What's more, she also invented the term bug in the system, when she discovered one day that some large tape-to-tape computers had stopped working, and when she opened the wardrobe-sized cabinet doors, a bunch of moths flew out, part of an infestation that had jammed up the computer's workings. Grace Murray Hopper is also responsible for one of my favourite sayings. She said, We manage things, we lead people. In that simple statement, we learn that leadership is about people, not things like widgets or materials or plans or strategies which means that according to this definition of leadership, so much of what we currently conceive as leadership is not, because it doesn't involve our relationship with other people. It involves things. 
Grace Murray Hopper's view of leadership also aligns with the hundreds of peer-reviewed leadership studies that I looked at when writing my book Extraordinary, The Art and Science of Remarkable Leadership. Every definition that I read of what leadership is involved the act of engaging, influencing and mobilising people. No mention of analysis, decision-making, planning, strategizing, or any other management activity. Just what we do that engages, influences and mobilises people. This is also true of what many leadership experts and highly accomplished leaders believe is true of leadership. If you think back to my podcast conversations with former Naval Officer Paul Taylor, author and community leader Diana Renner, and Colonel Lee Ellis, former POW survivor, they all use these exact words to describe leadership. Engage, influence, mobilise. And here's the biggest and most important realisation. This definition of leadership reflects exactly what we need of leaders now, in this very moment. We need them to engage employees, and connect them to the company, each other and their work. We need them to re-energise and influence the efforts and contributions of team members so that they can all succeed. And agilely guide and mobilise people to solve their way through continued complexity, change and disruption. In truth, the pandemic has been a gift in that it has allowed what really matters in leadership to shine through. It has shone a spotlight of what we need from our leaders providing us with an opportunity to cut through and focus in 2022 on the three most critical abilities needed for leadership, which are, number one, connect and engage. I've always said you can't lead people from where you are. You have to lead them from where they are. And you can only do that if you can connect with them where they are and engage with them and build enough trust that they will follow you to where they need to be. Unfortunately, simply being anointed the leader, and I use air quotes there, doesn't automatically confer the trust of others in your leadership. And I can quote Brigadier John Essex Clark, an extraordinary Australian Army officer who commanded soldiers from Malaysia, Vietnam, Rhodesia, South Africa, UK, USA and Australia. He was remarkable for his ability to lead officers and soldiers of any nationality, culture or ethnicity. He said, Leadership must be psychologically won from the lead. It is not created with a command appointment. In other words, you have to earn your followers. They won't follow without trust. You have to show that you are worthy of it. Most people don't understand that our brains are structured to decide to trust or mistrust in seconds. An essential element in all productive human relationships, trust can be cultivated or destroyed in seconds. The simple fact is that an absence of trust produces lower quality leadership and relationships generally. And this task of connecting and engaging is even more important today as we work with different people in diverse situations across all sorts of mediums. The second essential leadership ability is energise and mobilise. A big transition occurs in our careers when we move out of our individual contributor roles to being leaders of other people. At this stage, our own personal effort and brilliance is no longer sufficient to produce the results needed. Where you realise that it's no longer all about you and it becomes all about others, their effort, their capability, their commitment, their success. Your role moves towards that of being a catalyst, 
catalyzing a release of the energy in others for what needs to be done, whether that's a task, a goal, a vision, or a purpose. This is also critical if you're to not end up being consumed yourself. By definition, a catalyst is not consumed in the process of releasing the energy of other elements. Otherwise, if every act of leadership remains only about your energy and effort, you will inevitably reach a limit where you'll stall, worse, burn out, and your team members and teammates will struggle to reach their full potential and succeed. Critically though, this act of energising and influencing others is not just reserved for the people you might lead formally. I learned this lesson firmly during the transformation of Coles Supermarkets, one of the most successful, if not the most successful, turnaround stories in Australian corporate history. It was in the early stages of the transformation, and I'd been engaged by the board to support the leadership and cultural shift. At this stage, the turnaround had been progressing well, with many early wins that came from low-hanging fruit. That is, improvements and changes that the divisions had been able to make in their own areas. They'd reached a new stage, though, where any further gains would only be made by each area working collaboratively together. A big ask in what had been culturally and structurally a very siloed and divided organisation. It was around this time that Ian McLeod, the managing director, had returned from several weeks overseas where he'd been reflecting on how to engage his leadership team and everyone else in becoming more joined up. On his first day back, these small posters appeared in all of the lunchrooms and main meeting areas. One said, motivate universally. After a bit of asking around, people discovered that they'd been put up at Ian's request, yet he never explained them. He left it for people to work out on their own. What's that mean? asked people, as they discussed and debated the mysterious message. What does Ian want? Slowly but surely, meaning emerged, accelerated by a program that we ran, in which people learned that they needed to influence and mobilise each other across functional and divisional boundaries that it was everyone's job to energise, influence and mobilise up, down or across. Motivate universally. This experience reveals that the work of influence and mobilisation applies equally to those who don't report to you, peers, members of other leaders' teams, those above you, in fact, anyone who can tell you to bugger off or quietly resist on hearing your brilliant argument or magnificent plan. Your success is increasingly dependent on being able to influence them to do what needs to be done because they want to do it. That's a key part of what we teach in our programs. What we learned through the Coles experience and honed through other client successes became the basis of one of my favourite programs that we run for leaders. Essential leadership ability number three, transform and innovate. There's a point at which our jobs become more than just maintaining and protecting the system that produces the results. We have to start working out our ways of doing things and how they need to change to meet new demands, otherwise we face irrelevance and extinction. If we aren't disrupting, then we're being disrupted. The term extinction debt describes what accrues in living systems in each moment they fail to adapt to a new reality. Once too much debt is accrued, the moment of extinction and irrelevance becomes inevitable. This is also true for individual leaders. Unless we keep growing and developing, we become part of the problem rather than part of the solution. I've seen too many leaders lose their potency, they plateau, and they effectively choose to be sidelined because they stopped growing and transforming themselves. 
Our own leadership needs to grow and change to meet the change in the world in which we lead so that we can navigate, guide and mobilise our teams and communities through that evolving world. We can and we must keep developing. We do this by challenging and disrupting our limiting mindsets and practices and replace them with more helpful ones. By disrupting and adapting ourselves, we see and respond to the world around us differently. Our deliberate and choiceful actions begin to change the world around us. We become intentional agents of change rather than reluctant participants. Take a moment to reflect now. How focused have you been on these three critical things? Connecting and engaging, energising and mobilising, transforming and innovating. What about your leaders? How ready and prepared are they to meet this moment? So there you have them, the three leadership abilities that meet the moment. The few most critical things that are the 20% in the 80-20 rule. Reflecting what both research and practice tell us what leadership is really about. It's about people, engaging, energising and mobilising people through change. And if you still need convincing, I can share with you the two best tests of the primacy of these three critical abilities. First test, reflect on someone you know whose leadership you and others really admire and who's been successful in leading. How well do they connect to others? How effectively do they energise people regardless of personality or position? How consistently do they challenge the status quo, disrupt and innovate? The second test involves turning the questioning towards yourself and ask these three penetrating questions about your own leadership. Question one. If I can't connect with people and they don't trust me or are unwilling to engage with me or follow me, how can I lead? Question two. If I can't release the energy and contribution and capacity of other people, regardless of position, how can I lead well? Question three. If I don't continually innovate and transform the way in which I lead into new and emergent challenges, how can I lead well sustainably? Ask these three questions and you'll inevitably reach the same conclusion that I have. Without any or all of these three essential abilities that I've outlined, you just can't lead well sustainably. And that is my gift to you as we transition into 2022. Simplicity and clarity on the three essential leadership abilities that are so desperately needed. For they produce the leadership that meets this moment. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Extraordinary Leaders podcast, and that in some way it's informed and involved your thinking about leadership. I'm looking forward to sharing another episode with you soon. And if you want to make it easy to stay up to date with new episodes as they're released, simply subscribe. It doesn't matter whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google or some other platform. They'll make it easy to stay up to date with new episodes and also access our previous episodes on essential leadership topics and fascinating conversations with remarkable people just by choosing to subscribe. I also have a favour to ask. If you like this episode, I'd love it if you could rate it. Not only will this help us reach and engage and help more people, 
It'll allow me to understand what are the topics and the sorts of things that are working for you and even what's not. That way we can continue to shape this Extraordinary Leaders podcast to help meet your need and to help us together grow leadership. I'd also encourage you to share or recommend our podcast to friends and colleagues if you feel that they would find it helpful. You can also visit our website for more information or join our community. Just visit www.extraordinaryleaders.com.au. That's extraordinary starting with an X. We can then keep you up to date with our latest programs and resources. There's also a page where you can order my book, Extraordinary, The Art and Science of Remarkable Leadership. But for now, thanks for listening and lead well. 